everybody. Welcome to Read This, Read That. I'm Jackie Reed. I'm Joy Ann Reed. What's popping, cousin? Girl, I, you know what? I, I'm just getting through. Getting through. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to sleep. Through. Push on through. I like to say, push keep on pushing. Sleep going. It's not not what. So now the thing is. I can fall asleep sometimes, like around midnight-ish. I'm, yeah, because I'm, as I've been talking to you late in the night, sometimes you're like, you know, I'm getting off the phone, yeah. I'm going to bed. I've been going to bed, but now I get up earlier. Now I pop, it's like I, I can only sleep for so long. How so many hours are you up. getting in? I'm Straight sleep. still getting like five hours of sleep. Oh, that's I'm, an that's bad. It is an improvement. Yeah. Five hours for me is pretty good, but I pop up and I can't get back to sleep. Oh. This morning I woke up and cleaned the house and like started cleaning because I just couldn't sleep. What was the point? So I really would love to be able to sleep and stay asleep, but I just can't. Well, if you just stayed in the bed and maybe listened to something or like yeah. lit, a la- lit a lavender candle and just relaxed. I would do that, except that once you're up and the activity's happening in the house, then and a, and a kid will come in. You know what I mean? And some, some person's related oh, to me be like, right. hey, mom, do you know my, my backpack Somebody is? related to you. <laughs> so one of my squatters will come in. <laughs> hey, mom, I'm leaving. It's like, yeah. okay, you could have just, you know. Could have just left. Yeah. Didn't have to say hi. Cool. Let mama sleep. <laughs> the only time I really want, you know, when they were growing up, I always wanted them to come in, even if I was asleep. Come in, wake me up, because I had to see what they had on. And this is sort of the sad part of black parenting, ah. right? I always needed to see what their clothes were, because I'm like, God forbid anything happened to my kids. So you kids. trained them to wake you up. I did. I, it's my fault. Because see? I wanted them to wake me up, let me see your clothes, see what you have on, in case anything happens to you. I can be like, my child was wearing blue. And that's a terrible way. And wave. you're very attached to your kids. You're I'm very, very attached close to them. to them. Very close to it's them. It's going to be hard for you when they move out. I know. The poor things. I, um, you know, one, the two, they're all in college now. Yeah. There's a freshman, <laughs> a senior, and then a senior plus, because the oldest <laughs> one is doing her last semester after she already graduated yeah and i i still up to this day the first day of school i want them to take that pic i want to take that first day of school picture yeah so this year was like mom seriously i mean we're in college <laughs> you're still taking first day of school i'm like pictures? can you just take a selfie of yourself because oh i was out of God. town for a couple of their first day they were i was like just take the selfie and they're like no <laughs> we're not doing that anymore and I was like, he's looking for content for, for social media <laughs> <laughs> that's what they were afraid of they're like you're gonna post it <laughs> don't do it so yeah i had to let it go but no yeah no they're they're still they're still very fun my kids my kids are great they don't pay rent but other than that they're fabulous hey they, they're lovely children they are lovely and i'm glad that you are getting more sleep i'm getting more sleep. it's a good thing yeah my sister sent me a thing that she want she wanted me to try which i did try um which was this woman who does like positive it's like positive feedback kind of thing mm-hmm. like a, that you can fall asleep to and, you know, it, it kind of worked. Yeah. I wonder if you listen to Donald Trump's speeches, what impact that, that would have That would keep have me up me. all night. Then I wouldn't be able to sleep. That's the reason. I, that's half the reason I can't sleep. Worried about what he's doing. What does he do now? Just keep, he start a war? I know. Keep the button away keep from him. Keep the button him. away from him. Well, we I mean, know it's under lock Yeah, no, he's now. not He's not soothing. They have a fake button in his room. I'm sure they He'll do. He'll push it. And he's probably nothing, pushing it all night. More. He's like... I tried to blow why up Why isn't China. it happening? Why isn't it happening? China. Why isn't it Why isn't China gone? Why? Yeah. So, okay. So, I, we wanted to, uh, I wanted to ask you about this because I know you're dealing with this and I got my own issues with yes. it. Mm-hmm. But about um, fans mm-hmm. coming up to you, you know, people who appreciate your work. Yeah. And, um, and they're lovely. I love people. People are very, very nice. That's, you have to do A so lot that. of people are. Yeah. Not all people not are. Not all people no, are nice. Not all no. people are it's nice. It's rare though. It's interesting. The people who are like Twitter bullies. Yeah. I get the feeling they would never really come up to you in public and yeah. say anything. I've had a couple people yell Trump, 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 ha ha, Trump's president on yeah. the street. See, when they're I was with not my nice kids. people. They're not nice people, but they didn't come up to me. Like they did it from like a block away. Yeah. You know, we had a guy, we were in, my, my son and I were walking down the street and all of a sudden we see somebody pass us in a MAGA hat. And homeboy waited until he was a goodly bit away before he started yelling Trump, Trump, Trump. <laughs> so Trump's he could president. run around the corner. Right. So, he could, so it's like, that's not brave. No. Well, I was walking down the street um, the other day with my sister. We were going to, um, to get some wine from Pompette, yeah, you know who's been on our show, the mm-hmm. owner of that, and um, this guy was standing on the corner with his friend, and he had a, you know, a CD mixtape, whatever, in his hand, and he re- he's like, first he said, "Hey, are you on the news? You know, are you on TV?" And yeah. I said, "Yes, I am." Mm-hmm. Usually, I, I'm like, "No, right? I don't know. You don't you don't know me," but I said, "Yes," you know, because I'm I'm being influenced by you. I'm trying right. to be nice to the people, <laughs> so I was like, "Yes, I am." And he said, oh, okay, that's cool. Um, and handed me his, reached out to hand me his CD. And I said, oh, no, thank you. Right. Because I don't take that stuff off right. the street. I don't take anything from anybody off the street. Yeah. And he was like, and I said, no, thank you. Oh, so what do you support? Gentrification? 
what? I was like, what, wait, what? What did I have to do with the and CD? And continued to yell at me as I walked down the street. Are you kidding? Yes. See, that's I, crazy. See, and I started to turn around and say something, but yeah. because my sister was with me, because mm-hmm. you let Holly get in, and she going to... That's in all of a sudden. And then you're on YouTube. Then, I, then, you know, you're then she going to cut YouTube. somebody, and, and then I don't know good. what's going to happen. That's not good. So, no, I just kept on walking, but I was like... People just feel like they can just say anything to you, yeah. you know, when you're walking down the street. No, it's true. If you're, I mean, and for women, it's anytime, right? Because you have women get catcalled, and so yes. it happens all the time. But if you're, if you're doing any kind of a public job, then people actually feel like they actually have a relationship going with you, and that your your success is because of them right and it's like i have a problem with that because it's like this sense of ownership it's just like what happened with jeffrey owens in the grocery store you know this woman who recognized him sees him and decides to take a picture of him right even though she was saying she felt sorry for him and it's like this man is at work how about we come up on your job and just take a picture of you and and people don't think about that and no and i think because people feel like well we we have a sense of ownership of jeffrey owens because he was on the cosby show and oh my god what's he doing bagging groceries let me take a picture but not really you're humiliating him first of all yeah. actors do not work all the time it's very most of them have other jobs yeah and it's not shameful for him to have had that job but yeah you're right it's like the public life it even makes it harder to get a second job because you're worried well what if someone sees me which well, shouldn't be no it's me and then if you do fall on hard times let's say you do need to go and get government assistance right. or go do something like that then you if someone recognize you so there's the whole fear of that you can't even get the help you need let's say you need therapy but you can't afford a therapist right. so you want to go to you know some place where you can get it for free right to a clinic or something like that yeah got you know let's say you have to go to Planned Parenthood because right. you don't have this kind of health care yeah you can't do that because people will shame you away from that it, it just bothers me I mean or if you're like looking crazy cray cray and you're at the DMV like with a hoodie on and you're just like I look crazy and yeah. so you're trying to sneak in and sneak out yeah and then you really can't because now you're probably on someone's Facebook page right or somebody I, could take a picture at any time I, I, I can't with that it bothers yeah. me so much I remember um one time when I was doing Tom I was in New Orleans for something and so I had to go into the local radio station to do my Tom Joyner hit right and of course I, I'm doing radio it's early in the morning I'm not putting on makeup I'm mm-hmm. not really getting dressed up I'm just gonna go in right sit in front of the mic do my segment mm-hmm. probably go back to bed right and this guy there who worked there wanted to take a picture with me that mm-hmm. morning and I had a hat on and mm-hmm. everything and I said no I don't want to take a picture and yeah. I said because I explained. I wasn't nasty about it. I said, no, you know, I don't have on any makeup and I'd rather not. And he was just so upset with me because I didn't want to take a picture. Yeah. And I know you probably would have taken the picture. I, I you know, <laughs> it, it's, it's true. I, I'm so uh, like, I don't want to be that person that is like, that they remember for the rest of their life that that was mean to them. And so I, I'll do it. But it's not mean to say no. Yeah. It's hard to say no. Though. You have a right you know what I mean? When when I'm not working and, and if I don't want to take a picture, people have the right not to, to do, do that. Yeah. No one owns your time. Yeah. It's like if you're in the mood to take a picture, then yes, because people can get downright rude. And, and well, now and, and there's right. There's the there's the factor of if you say no, well, what is that reaction going to be? Or are they going to tape that reaction yeah. to try to sort of make it even worse? Mm-hmm. I remember being in Baltimore. And this wasn't a take a picture situation. This was actually somebody being confrontational because they recognized me from TV. They saw we were broadcasting and we were in the situation, I'm sorry, in Baltimore. Mm -hmm. And so we're in Baltimore in the midst of all that that was going on in Baltimore after the Freddie Gray situation. And we're standing there trying to do our hit. And this guy and this girl come up and start disrupting the situation. They, they knew we were rolling, they wanted to be on TV, and they wanted to disrupt it and accuse us of helping the killers. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we're not here to support the police, we're here to tell a story. Right. And this guy starts an argument with me and starts saying, you're part of the problem. Then the girl starts saying, you're not even a news person, you're just out here selling cereal, you're out here selling soap, you're just selling the commercials, that's all you're doing, you're not even a oh. journalist, and starts berating me. And so now I'm like, okay, now I'm gonna say something, but our secu- we had security with us, and he was yeah. like, don't do it because they're probably going to tape it yeah next thing you know you're viral on youtube and there's that risk that if you say anything back you don't know if it's being taped right you don't know if it's like a, a like an open rosa moment where they're right. taping what they're saying to that's you. why i'm always like no thank you sometimes i'll explain yeah. like i was in church one time on easter sunday yeah and a woman came up to me and wanted to take a picture of me um and she was lovely mm-hmm. hey you know i love your work would you mind taking a picture and i said no i don't want to take a picture in church i just have yeah. a rule where when i'm there on a Sunday morning. I'm there to worship. Mm-hmm. I'm there to, I may be going through something in the spirit, crying. Yeah. You know, it's 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 my personal time, my personal experience. Yeah. I don't want to take pictures in church. And I have, a, I have like, I, I know you'll probably take a picture, but I wonder if you would share 
when you don't like to take pictures. Oh, I got to tell you, the, the probably the most awkward moment of can I take a picture was at a funeral. Yeah. And this was a funeral for somebody I knew. So it wasn't like a, I wasn't at a stranger's funeral. Right. I was at a person close to yeah. you, right? And so I'm at this funeral. I'm walking out. We're all incredibly sad. This was a shocking death. It was somebody who was younger. We were, we were really surprised the person passed. And it was sad. And it's somebody I was really, really close to. So I'm walking out of the sanctuary <clears throat> after the service. And someone comes up to me and stops me, stops and grabs my arm and says, oh, my God, you're Joy from, from MSNBC. And I'm taken aback. So I'm thinking, isn't everyone here, like, related to us? So they kind of know right. who my, I thought. I'm assuming these are all family. Right. And then asked to take a picture. And it was the most awkward. It's like, first of all, this is not about me. This right. is not a, a day about me. It's not a day for me to be a famous person. I'm here as a mourner. I'm right. here sad. The last thing I want to do is take a picture. The last thing I want to do is smile for a selfie. At and a also funeral. who in the church for a selfie. It was so weird yeah. that afterwards my cousins were like, oh, hell no. Show me. And I was like, don't. You don't need to go up to the person. Yeah. But they were like, the next person who comes up and is like trying to take a picture, we're just going to get in the way. Because it's like, it's just not. I mean, there it's, was, inappropriate. it's inappropriate. Can you imagine a line of people at a funeral and you're just and I'm there taking, taking pictures? Selfies. And it's like, this is inappropriate. Like, I would never. Like, that's not a time. And. So I think there are certain situations where it is just, just not the right time, yeah. you know, and especially if something sad or something. Or in the bathroom. Or in the bathroom. Isn't yeah. that awkward? Where it's, it's like, oh, we're all in the toilet. Just inappropriate. We're in the toilet now. Yeah. Just, <laughs> it's awkward. No. I'm, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm cramping. I don't know what's going on right yeah. now. It's or like, when it takes away from someone else. I had a, a mm, year earlier, yeah. another funeral situation where someone close to me had died and a person came over to the house where I was at a, like a wake, mm -hmm. and starts off talking and doesn't talk about the person who died. Like, they're talking about MSNBC and Trump. And they're going, and I'm like, this is literally not the time. And then they wanted to go, not only just take a selfie, but go outside and take pictures. What? And they're like, well, my, fa my family, my friends are at, at work are never gonna believe that I know you, and, da -da -da. and I'm like, Really? Yeah. That's this is that's not that's not well the guy at the radio station, you know, and I just I broke it down this way and I I hope it didn't come off as rude, but it was honest. You know, I didn't have on any makeup. I had the hat on yeah. and he was like, you know, I, I, he really just didn't understand why I didn't want to take this picture and I said, Well, tell me this. We take a picture together, what are you gonna do with that picture? Well I'm gonna post it. And I right. said, Well that's I don't I don't want to be captured like right. this. Yeah, with no makeup. Yeah, right. crazy. I, I don't want this moment captured. And inevitably people say, Oh, you look fine. Oh, that's what you get. <laughs> you, you look great. great. You You're look so great. Beautiful. You're so beautiful. And it's like, no. Like, no, I don't look great. I'm objective about myself. Yes. I'm like, I look like hell. I don't wanna I don't wanna <laughs> do it right now. But I think that people should not get mad at right. celebrities. They I think it's, it's fine their to ask. Time. I, I think, think it's fine to ask. It's fine. Well, to depending ask. on where you are. Depending on where you are. I Maybe not at a funeral. In a bathroom, funeral, restaurant church no, no i don't think it's appropriate or yeah. if the person you know it looks like they don't have their makeup on for women or the they DMV you know what i mean line at the when you're digging if, for your keys if you're anything like that at the <laughs> bank dmv anything where you're doing some kind of private service private thing right i don't think that you should go up and ask a celebrity for a picture i think yeah. you should just observe from afar um but if you do ask and they do say no, yeah. then respect that yeah. and not judge them based on that moment. People who are in the public eye are allowed to have a bad day True. or not be in the mood to take a photograph. Yeah. You know what I mean? They know you because of your work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because of what you do on air or on a concert stage mm -hmm. or on in an arena yeah. if you're an, an athlete. That doesn't mean that when you're with your children, yeah. when you're with your family, or if, or, or if you're by yourself and you just need a minute, mm -hmm. you know what I mean, that they are, that it's okay to interrupt that right. and then be offended if you say no. And the thing is that, you know, and I think for me personally, I'm kind of scarred by an experience I had when I was very young, when I was oh, an yeah. intern with a very famous person. You're not going to say who? Well, I won't say who it is because we <laughs> made up now and she's actually really lovely and we've, you know, we're, we're all cool now. This is a really famous person at the time who I was PAing for at an awards event in New York City. Is she black? When I was an intern, she is not. Um, she's very famous and is a comedian. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. And, um, and she was very mean to me mm -hmm. and I, 
it was, it was so shocking because it was the first really famous person I'd ever met. I had met Al Pacino in like a, a like rope line at an event, like a school event, like a screening or something. He was yeah. super nice, very nice, said hello to us and everything. This wasn't the selfie age, so we weren't taking selfies, but he was really nice. So this is the first person I had an extended interaction with who was famous, and they were in such a terrible mood. Mm. They were not in the mood to interact with me or the other PA who was working with them yelled at us made the other young woman cry like really was just so i was so shocked and i always said you know what one day i'm gonna be famous i always have carried this chip (laughs) on my shoulder for years i was like i'm gonna meet this person again one day i'm gonna tell them they were so mean to me and you know ultimately i ended up actually getting to have the actual interaction with them tell them the story we are cool now but it was it i always said i'm never gonna be that for someone else, you know? So mm-hmm. I don't wanna be the person who people go off and tell a story that I was so mean to them. So, and I think you too, we're, we're, you try to be as nice as you can and try to be polite and try to be cool. Um, it's just a question of, is there a point at which you can say no? And is you're saying there is. Is she a blonde or a brunette? <laughs> <laughs> no comment. But I mean, the reality is you don't wanna go that far. And, I, and neither one of us would. I mean, you know, we're not raised to act like that. No. But you, can you say no? Yeah, sometimes for whatever reason. Right. You and sometimes know, you are in a bad mood. There's sometimes I'm in a bad mood. mood or I just don't. Sometimes I just don't feel like having that kind of interaction in that moment. Right. There are times yeah. when I'm all for and it. Like when I'm on the Tom Joyner cruise, yeah. catch me on there. Catch, catch I'm me on taking the pictures all day long all until day. midnight. Right. But when midnight comes, time to go to bed. it's done. <laughs> to go to I want to, you know, have some fun <laughs> right. and I'm not working. Yeah. But. No, yeah, I'm not a big fan of it, especially people who get offended, right, and want to write you off as rude, right, when you don't do it. I had one interaction where somebody stopped me in an airport, but they actually thought I was Nina Turner. I used to get mistaken for Nina oh, Turner. Yeah. And I used to get mistaken for each other all the time. Yeah, and in this particular instance, I was on my way to Cleveland actually to an event she was going to be at. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple, African American couple, stopped me in the airport and said, "Senator Turner, Senator Turner," <laughs> and I said, "Oh, I'm sorry, I'm not Senator Turner." They said, "Oh, I get it." Right. Incognito. Oh my God. And I was like, no, I'm actually just not her. Right. And then I got to the event, and believe it or not, Jackie Reed, I got mistaken for her again at her church. At True her, story. Her home church? Her church. Uh, she she speaks at this church, and it was for an event where she was trying to empower people to vote. This mm. was in 2020. It was in the last cycle, I think. It's before you started doing AM Joy. It's before I started doing okay. AM Joy. And she's doing some kind of an event, and, and we're at the church, and she's trying to motivate people. She does. She's a very motivational speaker. Yeah. She does this speech. I'm going to the restroom after the speech is over, and a little old lady, a little old black lady comes up to me and says, Senator Turner, that was such an inspiring <laughs> talk. Oh, my goodness. It was, you just filled my spirit. It's, and I'm thinking, this is her church. <laughs> Honey, I didn't have the heart to tell that old lady. I wasn't Nina Turner. So I just said, thank you, ma'am. Okay, I'm going. Thank you, ma'am. I'm not going to tell that little old lady, break her heart. Because then she would just say, why did, why did Senator Turner lie to me? This would have been your lie? moment to like go been, off on her. And she would never would have thought it was you. <laughs> Get out of Excellent my face. <laughs> I'm Senator Turner, damn it. No, it's, I didn't have the heart, so I just said, yes, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. Oh, that I was, was Nina Turner for a day. Oh my God, people mistake and she, we me. We got mistaken for each other all the time. People will even ask if I'm Jackie Reed. Oh, I get mistaken for you and Tamron Hall, Hall, right? All the time. Every black we were woman just, with short hair are the same person. When we went to April Ryan's book party, yes, some lady thought that I was Tamron. It's and amazing. I just said I'm not her girl. Come on now. Come on now. We, every <laughs> every black woman with yes. short hair is the same. Person. It's like, please stop. It's just one of us. Yes. I went through a phase, and it was an interesting phase, <laughs> where people would come up to me, and it was only white people, and yeah. they would say, you look just like Halle Berry. And I would be like, <laughs> thank you. And that's something. And that is amazing. Like, wow. Well, it's the same way that Spike Lee could get away with casting um, Denzel Washington as Malcolm X. Because only black people went, come on now, you know that you don't look like no Malcolm X. <laughs> Malcolm X was light-skinned, but he could get away with it, because most white people were like, they seem to look exactly alike. Look, I was believing it by the by the middle of the movie. His accent was he, amazing. He, he did it well. That was a great role. But he, he being light-skinned was kind of a part of Malcolm X's makeup. I know. It's true. It's true. Or it's like just Nina like, Simone, casting a light-skinned person as Nina Simone. It's don't like, even get me started. That was a travesty. Wrong there. I like that actress who ended Great up playing Great actress, it, but, but come on no, now. Come that on, was Cletus. just wrong mm-hmm. when there's so many beautiful actresses with a darker hue that could have played that role so well. So but well. it's just like the New York Times mixing up. <gasps> They thought that, wait a minute, it, that it, it was who? who did it was they, Angela. Angela Bassett was Omarosa. Omarosa. And they printed it, 
They put it in the Times. They yep. thought that Angela Bassett. The New York Times. was, oh, But they've done that before because they also don't know who Rita Moreno is. Twice now, the New York oh, Times yeah, has true. failed to credit her. She's one of the GOAT. She's one of the greatest of all time. In fact, at that same event where this comedian was, was not very nice to me, Rita Moreno was there and we got to hang out <laughs> with her. When I tell you that lady was something like 60-something years old in a cat suit. She's so sweet. Full cat suit, four-inch heels, fabulous and fierce. She is one of the most fierce human beings Love her. on the planet. And so grounded. She comes on our show all the Wonderful. time and every time she's got on some little cute dress. She's so much energy. You can cute. tell she was a dancer Snatched. forever. High but heels. The best is, if you haven't seen this, please Google it. The KTLA interview when they mistook Sam Jackson for Lawrence Fishburne. Oh, no. Come on now. Baby, Stop. when I say you have Stop. got to see, because it, it was Sam Jackson. They said it to him. Yes. They thought he was Lawrence Fishburne? In a live television interview. Oh, come on now. You don't want to do that. Sam Girl, Jackson, I know he dropped one on Baby, him. it is one of the best things you will ever see. <laughs> Do not miss I will it. Google this. Now, he's somebody I would never go up to and ask for an interview, even though he's probably lucky, and I know he wished you happy birthday He did, and I almost media. died. There are certain people who either retweet me or say something to me on social media where I die. RuPaul retweeted yeah. me. I died. I'm a ghost. And Samuel L. Jackson <laughs> died. died. I think Cher retweeted me once. I also died. I'm dead three I times I feel like over. you go up to Samuel L. Jackson, and he's not in the mood. Bitch, if you don't <laughs> get away from me right now, how you going to come up to me asking me for it? Don't you see I'm eating dinner with my family? Enough what is enough. This is. Get away from me. I'm not signing nothing. <laughs> and I will rain down on you <laughs> like fire the motherfucking waiter. Get the owner in here. What kind of place you're running in here? Sam, People just guy. rolling up on me asking me for autographs while I'm trying to eat. I got a headache now. And then you know what? <laughs> After we did that. You'd thank him. Because he would have done the full <laughs> Sam Jackson. I would have been like, that's yes. so great. <laughs> Amazing. That's what you want. And listen, not to bring up a painful memory, because you, did, you, did, you didn't see that invite, but I'm not going to bring it back up. But, the, but I told you, when Aretha low-key snubbed me, it was the greatest moment of my life. <laughs> Don't bring up because the Because she is a diva, a super diva. And when I tell you this lady said no words, except for she stopped and paused so that Karen Finney and I could get a, a picture right. with her. She paused, perfect pose, and kept on and walking. Kept on I going. Said, that is the way a diva should behave. Yeah, they said she love it. She would take photos with no makeup or anything. She'd take them. She took she that was photo. Just, she was very real. Would you have taken very pictures at that self at, selfies at um, that funeral if you were there? Oh, at her funeral? Probably funeral. her with her red with her shoes. <laughs> that was the most fierce thing I've ever seen. Be like, let me get a picture with the body. No, I would have not done that. I would never take a, pi yes, a selfie at a funeral. Yes, no, you would. no selfies at funerals. The end. It's a rule. So, so, who is the celebrity that you would go up to and ask for an autograph? Oh, I mean, that's that is a very excellent point. That's true. Good point. But there, is there anyone that you would be like, I know this is probably, yeah. but I can't miss this but moment. But I can't miss this opportunity. Would you do it? Wow. For an autograph or a selfie? For a, probably Sam Jackson. <laughs> well, probably he did Samuel shout you out L. for Jackson. your birthday. He did. I mean, if I, I if, you know, if I ever went to the share show and she was there, I would love to take a picture with. There are a lot of celebrities I'd love to take pictures with. But I mean, would you? Who would you actually go ask? up to? Yes. On in on the street. That's yes. a good question. Not when who you're would working. I go up to and ask? So you're not in work mode. Not in work mode. Because I had the opportunity to take one with Jay Z and I didn't do it. Yeah, it's one thing when you're in work because we were working. Yeah, yeah, we were doing a work thing for the um for the uh, for the, the Trayvon Martin. No, movie. this was. No? actually for the Khalif Browder story. Yes. I one time was with um, Jay-Z on mm -hmm. a panel for the Khalif Browder story that called Time and he executive produced this movie and I didn't ask yeah. and all my students were mad at me because I actually brought my students to it and they were like freaking out that Jay-Z was like near them right. and afterwards we had this amazing conversation and I didn't feel like it was appropriate to then say hey can we take a selfie so yeah. I didn't. Sometimes that's enough. Right, it was right? just to have the conversation with him, and he was mad cool, by the way. He was yeah. very nice. He is. But, and I, I just was like, this. we just were talking about our kids and our lives, and it didn't seem like the right time to ask for a selfie. But as far as somebody I'd go up to on the street and be like, let me take a selfie with you, uh, let me think, who would that be? Man, I wonder if Blue Ivy. Who would you? Would oh, you take a picture of her? She'd probably take it, too. I don't probably know. charge you. She might yell at you. She might yell at you. Just <laughs> she charge don't play. you money. Who would you take a selfie with? I don't know who I would ask. Yeah. I don't know because I know how I feel about it. Right. Like I've I mean, seen people like I was at 30 Rock one time on right. the third floor where the studios are. And there was just this bustle of noise. Like people were moving around and like you knew somebody was coming and it was J Lo. 
um, who I love. Yeah. And, you know, there were probably about 10 people in front of her. Right. And then in that crowd, like right in the middle, she had on all white. Yeah. Um, and some sneakers. And she just, she just, just came glided through, in. just glided through. And I was just like, I was looking like, you know. Yeah. Oprah was walking down the hall. I started yeah. to say Jesus, but I stopped myself. <laughs> was walking down the hall. Yeah. And it was just like, wow. Yeah. I stood out there with some other people. You know, we were all on air talent. Yeah. But we were just mesmerized. Yeah. By the fact that she was that close. But I dared. Didn't I do it. Go I mean, I have. Anything. I mean, I did do it, do it with Aretha Franklin. So she's obviously somebody, the late Aretha yeah. Franklin. I, I was like, I'm not missing this opportunity. I want to get a picture with yeah. her. I did it with Erica Badu. I saw Erica Badu backstage um, at a concert in Miami. But see, at a concert, it's different. That's true. If, if she's working, she, right. then okay. Yeah. But if you saw her at a restaurant, I probably wouldn't. Yeah. Honestly, I think because maybe we're sensitive to it now, right? I probably, there are very few people I would go up to, unless it's a once in a lifetime thing where you're never going to see this person yeah. ever, ever, ever in life. You'll never interview them. It would just make it awkward if later on you were, inter you know what I mean? Like yeah. I would do it after an interview and I've asked for selfies for, with somebody after I've interviewed. I interviewed Harry Belafonte. I had to take an interview. Of course. Of course, At right? work, always. At work, as every time, every Th time. That's um, when it's okay. Kofi Sirabouet, he was there. And not only did I take a picture with him and he's gorgeous, um, basically everyone who was in the building of came course. up and he stood there and took selfies there who was lovely i tell you when i was in high school and i went to my prom one year um you know how you go out to dinner before you go to the actual dance mm -hmm. uh cindy lopper was in there having dinner oh wow and i of course i don't know how i ended up doing it but i went up to her and asked her if she would take a picture right with our table Ooh. And she said no. Oh, okay. So then everybody went to sit down, and I, me and my girlfriend went into the bathroom, and she came in there, and she took a picture with us. Oh. My girlfriend never let me have a copy of the picture, though. I never saw it. But as I've seen her since then, I've never said anything because I'm just so embarrassed that I went up to her during dinner. Right. But she, at first she said no, but then she came in the bathroom, and she said, let's, let's just do it real quick. Right. Which I thought was sweet. Okay, so our next guest is um, a Grammy-nominated solo artist. You may also know her as one half of the soulful duo Flowetry. She's also a noted songwriter for some of the biggest names in the music industry, including Michael Jackson on one of my favorite songs, Butterflies. Butterflies. Oh, my God. And a new mom. To an almost two-year-old. Who's adorable. Oh. Little Nyla. Oh, thanks. And I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to, Marsha Ambrosius. Yes. That is, is that the, the correct American, pronunciation? very strong pronunciation. Ambrosius. How do you, how do you, so, how I do say you Ambrosius. 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 Marsha okay. Ambrosius. Do people butcher your name? Uh, okay, let's talk about butchering <laughs> of my last name. I'm now a married woman, but my artist name is still very much Marsha Ambrosius. <laughs> <laughs> but I, <laughs> I ran into someone in a supermarket, and they were like, "Hey, ain't that uh, what's the what's the name, Ambrosius? Um, Amber Rose." <laughs> <laughs> And I knew what they meant. I, I knew exactly what they meant and like literally fell out and then proceeded to pretend that I was my own cousin. Like, oh yeah, like, nah, my name is Tasha. She's funny though. She looks like me though. Like, it was like, yeah, butchered. It's, it's if you, okay, we're reading it. People just quit. <laughs> the rest of the letters yeah. that they see, yeah, this we with Marsh Ambrose, um, Ambrose, Ambrose, yes, Ambrose. And you, we were talking before. You are from Liverpool, <laughs> yes, the originally great born and raised city. Liverpool. What is the? I mean, I, what is it in the water in the UK that produces so many great soul singers? Because you, um, there are a lot. You know what? I think. Not even I think. Growing up when I did, it was authenticity. I believe that the UK being the melting pot that it that it is uh was and still is, there's ID there, there's identity there. We knew that our parents were, yeah, born and raised in Liverpool themselves, but I knew my grandfather was Liberian. I knew my mother's mother was Russian Polish. I knew I had Guyanese somewhere in the family. So hey, it was family. Yeah. So it was <laughs> it was that. It was we knew who we were and we knew who we are. So it's um, all of this happening in one space where everything can kind of coexist. Yes, social lines, yes, racial lines, all the things that come with that. But at the same time, music was safe haven for anybody, mm -hmm. which is why you could have the punk rockers on one end, mm -hmm. the Beatles with, you know, the <laughs> mop tops. Yeah, mop tops and guitars and she loves you, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you had a, a soulful movement 
that it's doing its own thing and our um, embracement of imports. We knew soul music when we heard it because it's like, oh, that's where we are too. So America was always this thing where we could identify our tribes like, oh, I wish you knew that you belong to this. Mm -hmm. And I think musically, that's where we kind of partnered and made waves and understood that, okay, we'll give you Sade. Yeah. But we're also going to give you soul to soul. We'll mm -hmm. give you, you know, Karen Wheeler, goddess, Misha Paris, goddess, mm -hmm. like people that have come before I even attempted to like tap into what music was. It's just a great place to be from. Um, and uh, it's, uh, it's, it's dope. Yeah. It is how dope. Does, how does being a musical artist in the UK differ from being a musical artist in the US? Um, being a black music artist in the UK is, is limiting as far as how far you can take it because it's uh, an industry that is mildly contrived. <laughs> I'll leave it at that, but we're talking about a top 10 that could comprise of Michael Jackson having his biggest hit that year, but in the top 10 is by a cartoon or a you know, a yeah. big fluffy teddy bear. Mm. Mm -hmm. We're talking about the same chart here. Right, like yeah. this isn't, oh, the kids version. No, this is our top 10 right. is a fluffy big animal. Something on top of the pops. Yes, top of, of the pops. Yeah. We, well, whistle um, whistle music test was the, the, the one, but top of the pops was, that was it. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I can't be top of the pops over there. And I felt in America, um, you could be number one in just Atlanta and never be heard of in New York. Yeah. So mm -hmm. you can find a place and a space for you to be. If you're just one thing in the UK, our underground is clearly literally underground because of the size difference. Mm -hmm. So where it might be a million people here, it's a hundred there. Yeah. And I'm, so I'm fluctuating numbers here. No yeah, yeah. Way that <laughs> some other people fluctuate in numbers, but yeah, no. Yeah, so you have so a new uh, project coming out um, in September, September 28th. Let's yes. promote it called Nyla. Yeah. Great name for the, the project thank you same name as baby um how have you what could we expect this different because we all love floetry mm -hmm. we are all fans of it it is a certain very specific genre certain right. style is this music in that same style absolutely and i say that because creating from a space of honesty is why people connected the way that they did very early on in my career whether that was floetry whether that was me becoming a solo artist and doing late nights and early mornings, it never really changed as far as narrative. I was just always coming from a very true space. And as obnoxious as hope she cheats on you with a basketball player actually was, I didn't realize how many people would connect that on, you know, connect to that yeah. on a spiritual level. Like, yeah. no, that got me through. I'm like, what? I was, I was joking, but okay, cool. But even with say yes, that, that coming from a female's perspective, I initially demoed that for Ron Isley. It was never supposed to be a flowetry record. Wow. So even the way I wrote it, I was like, ooh, all you gotta do is say yes, let me undress you. But then it became empowering because it was now from a female's perspective suggesting that, no, I'm actually coming on to you. Mm -hmm. So I'd, I'd move forward creatively in writing like, you know what? I'm just gonna write what I actually say in real life. Like even with the song, hello, hello, how are you? What you want yeah. to, nothing. That's a real conversation. I just put a melody to it and decided to sing it. So I think with Nyla, my fans from then to now have seen me grow from a 22, 23 year old girl from Liverpool telling Michael Jackson what to do, saying, listen, Mike, this harmony goes like this. And then now they're like, wow, you're a mother yourself. You're a wife, yeah. a mother now. Okay, was, wait, we should put a pin in that. How was it like working with Michael Jackson? Uh, well, for you <laughs> to ask me that question means I'm Quincy Jones, I'm Paul McCartney, I'm Saida Garrett. I'm like this elite of very few people that can even get asked that question. Mm. That's incredible. That's mm -hmm. And we were right here in New York for two weeks. Uh, the studio was the hit factory. And um, I just remember <laughs> um, calling my mother and going, okay, I'm going in there, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. She said, what exactly are you gonna do? I said, I'm gonna cry. But I'm also gonna acknowledge that 
he wants me here to work for him and with him. Let's start there. Like, I have a, a song that I like. I wrote it when I was 16 about a boy that worked in McDonald's in Camberwell, London, and he was fine as hell. Um, <laughs> and here I am having it uh, received and now delivered by the king of pop. Mm. How... How, how I managed to grasp that as a 20... I should have been on a cover of whatever magazine, just with the deuces, like, yes. <laughs> it seems no, like you're still pinching no yourself that. over I it. Am. <laughs> I am. I, I truly am, because I, I wanted to do music. I was never really serious about it. I was the one really? singing with the headphones in the back of the car, trying to be quiet and mm. like, ooh, Jodeci, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I'd go to basketball practice and spit every lyric from ready to die or extinction level event those were my well even it's dark and hell is hot so it was dmx buster rhymes and biggie and i really rapped a lot which mm. is weird i, I never sang I, I mean i i guess i must have been but singing i wanted to sing the intricate parts i wanted to do the string lines and what the horns would do i was very musically inclined from an early age so it's uh it's kind of hard to grasp that I'm actually even doing this and it's still happening. Like I'm finding new ways to create. That's mm. still very crazy. To How me. did um, the success that you all had with, with Michael Jackson specifically change the trajectory of your music career? How did it change the way people <sighs> received you? How, how did, did it open doors for you in ways that would not open before? It opened doors... Um, it also, I don't know, it's weird, and I still feel it to this day. It's like, what warranted me that or granted me that privilege? And it's like, what did you do to, to get, I, I wrote a song that he liked. There was nothing more to it than that. I didn't write a hit record or, you know, something on paper where you can go, oh, I want to work with that girl from, I had done nothing to warrant what that was. And I think industry-wise, it happened so quick, not only with butterflies, but then this demo runs away with itself and say yes, at the same time gets that success. So it's, oh no, she's a writer and a producer and a force to be reckoned with. And I'm, I'm thrown in the deep end with my name in the credits with the likes of Michael Jackson, with, with Bilal, with Jill Scott, with, it was very early. And I think those doors were open and shut. Mm. and then open again yeah why you know, shut what do you mean as a female in this industry it's uh difficult to um hold your own in a way that on paper i'd have done the same thing that any male producer would have done but as a female i'm just the writer mm. or i'm mm. just the well you came in and played the chords and i said well if pharrell came in here and did da, 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 he would be produced by pharrell because it's this name that you know i'm just saying that for yeah. for example's sake but it took a lot of fight to get credit and it's uh, it's still tough to this day but i've managed to not only executive produce my own stuff but for other people and produce and write but make sure that things are fair. Like if you come in with the idea, like, you know what, you yeah. did say the, here's your 2%, <laughs> you know, it's like, what else right. would you expect from that? But not when you're walking into rooms and delivering bodies of work and it's like, well, you're just the writer. Yeah. Well, nah, because if this were not only a man, but a man with a name, it shouldn't be for that. I like to create with whoever, you don't have to have had done anything because I was that girl. It just has to be good. So it's about getting the credit, and I think that's the only thing that changed. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, have, I always uh, love to ask this of songwriters is, how tempting is it when you write this amazing piece to just keep it? Because you're also a oh, singer and a performer, right? How hard all is it to give it away? Um, with me, I know there's gonna be another one. So if someone wants it, I'm like, you know what, it's yours. If I really, really want it, I might beg for it back. Like, <laughs> this is the thing. I think with uh, Late Nights and Early Mornings, I had a song on there that I'd written with Alicia Keys. So she was doing her project, um, As I Am, her album. And we did Go Head together, a couple of other demos. And we did With You. 
and she didn't use it for that album. And I looked at her like she was insane. <laughs> and I truly believe that that would have changed things for her too. That sexy song was something else. So mm -hmm. one album cycle goes and she doesn't use it. I'm then in the studio recording mine. And then another one of her album cycles goes, she doesn't use it again. So I'm like, look, Alicia, if you're not gonna use the record, I have an album coming out, let me use it. So I think and that's the only like, time, okay. like, sure. Yeah. Wow. But fairly, very fairly, both credited, and it's, it is yeah. what it is, so. Well, you've got this beautiful daughter, um, Nyla, who your a new album is uh, yes. named after. How has motherhood changed you as an artist? It's later nights and earlier mornings. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's literally the remix of what I think my life has been from the very beginning. And NY, LA, she gets her name from her dad. Her dad being born in LA and raised in Buffalo, New York. So NY, LA. And it's also the journey it took to get to her. So I've been coming to New York from Philly for almost two decades, you know, meetings. And then it's get to LA and it's the red eye flight back. And I've toured so much. I, I used to look at lights. Have you ever sat on the plane and looked out the window and mm -hmm. looked at the lights? And I'm like, maybe the love of my life lives there. But where is this? And look on the map and be like, Albuquerque? I, 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 I don't know. And it was this fantasy life that I was chasing this dream of this career for so long that I didn't want to jeopardize that part until I made the conscious decision to actually choose. Yeah. But you have to tell us, um, b before we started recording, um, we were asking you if your eating habits changed at all when you were eating, <laughs> when you were pregnant, oh, and listen. you said you had a good story. Okay, so anyone who does know me for real, for real, I have a crazy sweet tooth. I'm going to eat cake. I'm going to eat. I'm not going to eat my main meal just so I preserve enough room to get to dessert. I'm like, <laughs> you know what? I'll it's have that, that but you know what? Box this up. I'll order the molten chocolate cake with, and like, how did you eat all of that cake? Never mind that part. Because I put it in a bag. Dessert. Exactly. When I got pregnant, I couldn't look at anything with sugar in it what? without throwing up. Really? I was like, really, Lord? Like, this is okay. <laughs> of all things, why would you do this to me? This was the part when I was like, I could just be fat. Like, no, it was. <laughs> Fruit was too sweet. It was dumb. I, I remember, there were, have you had those cornflakes boxes and they have recipes on the back? Yeah. Right. They had this god awful hash brown casserole something and I remember looking at it and just throwing up. I couldn't brush my teeth. Because oh the toothpaste was I had sweet. to change toothpaste. I had to change deodorant because <gasps> I used to use this Dove brand. Right. And oh, the thought of it, even now, I think I couldn't even smell it now, the thought of it. I had to change so many things because it was just sugar. I couldn't do it. I had to find lotion that was unscented. Oh, my God. Dumb gosh. stuff. I was like, babe, please don't wear that aftershave. Throwing yeah. up. Wow. Couldn't have anything sweet. So it was... Um, all I can hear is the crunchy yellow bag of Lay's potato chips. It was that a lot. It was uh, cheese puffs. Um... I hadn't eaten red meat in eight years. Mm -hmm. Or maybe I had a steak once or twice a year, right. maybe. I had bacon double cheeseburgers <laughs> anytime that I could. And my husband, it's just the one story. You know, you have that stereotypical pregnant wife. I'm like, oh, babe, please go and get me a bacon double cheeseburger. He said I begged him at two in the morning. I was like, we were on tour. We just got back to the hotel and it's right there. I could see it. We were in Texas. It was a Whataburger, the big orange sign. I was like, please go, please go. And make sure everything is on it. No ketchup, though. Everything else. Like, ketchup was too sweet. So I was like, mayonnaise, mustard, pickles, tomatoes, every, just everything. And he came back, and I think there was no mustard on it, and I cried. <laughs> So he's like, you know what? If it's going to be like this. <laughs> Other than that, I really had a great pregnancy. I really, really did. <laughs> but that, I didn't get That's it. That's crazy. It's not fair. Oh and things go back to normal. The sweet tooth came back after you gave birth. It, it's still different. It still doesn't wow. taste the same. So my eating habits completely changed. Are you thinking about having any more, more babies? If it happens, it happens. I know my husband wants more kids and he wants to plan this time, so we're kind of trying, but you know what married life is like. Yeah. Eh. Well, once you have eh. one, <laughs> <laughs> nah, we could be pregnant right now. Who knows that? Right as we speak. Yeah, you know, it's nah. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been, in, you've been in the US for how many years now living here? Well, legally? 
Yes. Uh, <laughs> no, no. Either or. So, don't say that. We no, don't know I'm if the not, Trump administration know, listens to listen. this podcast. So, no, no, no. I had been, but I got my deal um, 2000. It was December 2000 we closed. So, for my, yeah, it's been 18 years. Yeah. yeah. Do you feel like, do you, do you feel days that you're losing your accent? Um, not losing my accident. Accident. My accident. Ambrosius. Ambrosius. Yeah, Ambrosius. Um, not losing my accent. I've learned to adjust to being understood. Mm. And I feel like my voice is absolutely schizophrenic because of it. <laughs> so when yeah. I talk to my mum, I'm Liverpudlian. Mm -hmm. When I talk to my dad, I'm Liverpudlian. Yeah, I love it. South London, or I'm a, I'm a Scouser, or a, I'm Cockney, mm -hmm. which is the complete stereotypical South London, you know what I mean? <laughs> or if I'm in America, I just don't want to say water. Because mm. I'll say, can I get a glass of water? Yeah. yeah. A, a glass of what? Yeah. Water. <laughs> no tea, no tea in it. Water. <laughs> like, what, what fanciness is this, ma'am? It's not on the menu. Can I get a water? <laughs> oh, that's what you said, a water. Yeah. Okay, we'll get you some water. But don't you so. find that, because my in-laws, uh, not my husband, because he no longer has a British accent, but um, his in-laws, <laughs> I, I find when they come here, people are really extra nice to people with a British accent and and think everything they say is delightful. They're yeah. fascinated by everything that my in-laws say. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Has that not been your experience? Kind of so, and you can kind of manipulate when that is, but it, it's received differently. For, for instance, I don't know why I'm thinking of this story, but I, I found it absolutely hysterical. My mother was in uh, Santorini, because she's fancy. She's retired now, and she calls me like, I'm in Santorini. <laughs> I'm like, great. So she's in all of her Liverpudlian accent, and she's not insecure, but she had this person just staring at her, and she just took it really negatively, like really bad, and she was like, Around the room, I am the only black woman. I am the only non, like English-speaking person here, and she just felt very, very small in the moment. And in true cookie fashion, <laughs> she goes over to the table and begins to say in all of her thick Liverpudlian accent, "Aren't you our maid?" <laughs> <laughs> Knew it wasn't, but she'd had enough. Right? Like she was like. <laughs> You're making me feel like this, but sometimes that's what my voice makes me feel like. Mm. It's outstanding and it can be received positively where, oh, where are you from? And you yeah. like begin to tell, or it's like very, yeah. and you feel alienated. Mm. So I take a page out of Cookie's book and I can't wait to tell someone that you look just like my maid. I have no maid. I've never had a maid. I am the maid. I am the maid. <laughs> I Knowing thought, good and thought, well, you are the yeah, maid, but the you maid. look I'm, like I'm the you cook, are my maid. The cleaner, mom, <laughs> the chef. Baby boss. So you oh. are basically a servant of that job. Oh, speaking of boss baby, that if I hear that theme song one more time, it's a cartoon <laughs> it's on Struggle, networks, a network, and I, oh, oh so, Well, because you're from the UK, um, and Joanne has ties there in so many ways. <laughs> in an earlier show, okay. we were talking about uh, remedies for hangovers. Mm -hmm. And you agree with Joanne in that it should be something greasy, yes. something... So, being from the UK, um, we're talking about pubs that are open from early morning yeah. through uh, late nights. It's a uh, beer for breakfast type city. And it's every corner is a pub. Yeah. It's prestigious. You go and watch football <laughs> games or football soccer for you. Mm -hmm. Football for us. And... There's functional drunks, <laughs> and I believe it's all down to not only the pub being there, but the greasy spoon breakfast spot. Hmm. And your greasy food, greasy spoon remedy for a hangover would consist of baked beans, which you guys eat for dinner or barbecue, yeah, or we eat for, breakfast. Eat for breakfast. So Heinz baked beans, mm -hmm. a fried egg, bacon, mm -hmm. sausage, two pieces of toast, fry your tomato, and Bob's your uncle. That is a saying. I don't know who Bob's uncle is, but I was like, what Bob's your uncle means, and there you have it. Oh, <laughs> it's so dumb. It's so amazing. British. I don't think I've actually said that in my own sentence. <laughs> you know what? And Bob's your uncle. And Bob's your uncle. And Bob's Google your uncle. Google it. Google it. <laughs> Wikipedia is going to tell you where the meaning comes from. Works or something, every time. But yeah, Bob's your uncle is. Like, that's there you, you have that, it. That's how you do it. I have to ask you. I know we're running out of time. We're getting the clock. Um, do you still root for any of the football slash soccer teams? I'm born and raised, so I can't root for anyone, even if I wanted to. I'd yeah. have to be a fake like. 
Arsenal. Um, oh, see, we're Arsenal household, so and we I have, figured because you're hackney, hackney, so I can't yeah. even deal with you. <laughs> <laughs> Do you understand? Mum, don't it. watch this. Like we were never here. We just never <laughs> get along. Like I'm or a kicking Man her under the table. <laughs> she wants yeah, to say, so, "Are you yeah. my maid?" You look just like my. You look my maid. I would take that gig. I would take it. Marsha, you are lovely. Marsha Ambrosius, you will come back. Yes, you will come back to our show. No, absolutely. You have love to. to. And congratulations on the new Thank music. Thank you. So I absolutely want to make sure that you guys get a copy. Absolutely. Free date in the release date. And then uh, use it accordingly. Because um, <laughs> You might make babies married. Yeah. <sighs> There's a song called Flood on there. And it's very much a fling. Mm. It's a fling that mm. turned into feelings. And that could either be negative or positive. So just be, just be aware of that. Don't play this around somebody that you're not trying to feel. Use it wisely. Yeah. Yeah. And let out married life. It's forehead to forehead. Yeah. Yacht party. Don't care who sees. Club until the lights come on. I love you. Let's go home and do it. Overpopulation <laughs> is your fault. It, As of I've, September 28th. I've now embraced that possibility. <laughs> you took the mantle from Luther. Yes. Yeah. You know what? That's one person I truly wanted to work with. Mm. I still have a demo that I actually wrote for him. And really? it's, uh, yeah, Ordinary Day, produced by Vidal. And that was such a voice. Mm-hmm. And you want to be responsible for that good music that makes you feel good, that that old thing back. And mm-hmm. I want people out here in love. Before, it used to be like, oh, I'm not paying your child support. I know I make all of these babies because <laughs> of my sexy music, but... We need more that does that. Yeah, we do. Even if it is a fling. Especially now. Who else do you want to write for that's living? <sighs> There's an artist named Emily King, and her honesty just gets me every time. Mm. Like, she knows what she's doing. That does it for me. She does it for me. Musically, that's, yeah. There's a lot, but... She's one that jumps in your head. Yeah, yeah, always jumps to mind. Emily King. If you're not up on it, you have to be. She's got an I'm album called The Switch. Download everything She's by got, her. Um, a song called Distance. Oh, it's just it's a bop. Mm. What the kids say. Yeah, Bob's your uncle. I love it. <laughs> you're gonna say that, and you're gonna see Bob, and like, you know, you're my uncle. <laughs> That's not how you use it in the sentence. <laughs> you're gonna be like, you know, Bob. What did she say? And Bob Durango. <laughs> you want to say, and that's that. I'm so using that. Use it. But and, yes. And you I'm look like my maid. Are you my maid? Those two things <laughs> Great are sticking with me. Great. That and the music. All right, Marcia. Thank <laughs> you so you. much. Thank you so much. Appreciate you, you guys. Lovely. <laughs> Big thanks to our guest, Marsha Ambrosius, who I just love now. She's amazing. I love and should her do stand so up. much. Yes, she is very funny She's and a great funny. storyteller. Absolutely. What amazing timing and great vocals. We so have to you find are. our way to a concert so we can get the comedy in the Well, music. she's coming back to New York towards the end of this concert tour We're going. she's doing. So we'll have to check that out. Absolutely. Um, and be sure to follow us on social media, on Facebook and Instagram at Read This, Read That. Leave off the last T for savings. On Twitter. Absolutely. Also follow Marsha Ambrosius at M-A-R-S-H-A-A-M-B-R-O-S-U-I-S. And it's Ambrosius, not Ambrosius. Just Google it before you go to her social media. And and her Twitter and her Instagram are both the same. And, of course, you can always, always catch the great Jackie Reed on Tom Jordan Morning Show every Tuesday and Friday at 8.15 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also on NBC's New York Live (laughs) weekdays at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if you happen to be in Boston, because why wouldn't you be, you can catch Jackie on NBC's The Hub today weekdays at 12.30 p.m. EST. And you can catch my cousin, Joanne, I Ain't Taking No Pictures, Reed. (laughs) 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 On AM Joy on Saturday morning (laughs) from 10 a.m. Eastern (laughs) Standard Time until noon on MSNBC. And it's always a great time. You do not want to miss it. Yep, except at a funeral. Yes. We'll catch you at the funeral. (laughs) Just let's say hello by the casket and let's keep moving on. Click, click. Love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.